that's probably one of my most memorable lifts because right before that lift, Zach didn't give me, um, coach Zach did not give me a technical cue. He actually gave me a mental cue and he said, find your calm. Hmm. And I needed that. And I have held on to that moving forward competing. I need to find my calm and practicing that has really given me a confidence to just hit that next lift and that next PR. I really am one for one with every single lift that I take. This is Strength in the Details, a podcast that goes beyond the classic debate on reps, sets, and exercise programming, and focuses on aligning what matters most in your training, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. I'm your host, Dr. Anaja Newsom, founder of Optimize Strength. I'm a PhD with a focus in the exercise and health sciences, a coach, and weightlifting athlete. With more than a decade of professional experience in sport and fitness, I truly believe that the impact of mental skills, motivation, and self-efficacy are often overlooked and underappreciated in exercise behavior change, sport performance preparation, and everyday coaching practices. You deserve to feel strong in the gym and beyond. And on this podcast, we dive in to the mental aspects of exercise, training, and sport performance. So join me as I invite industry experts, elite athletes, and coaches and researchers to a conversation about the gritty details. I met Alexia Gonzalez just a little over a year ago. She was authentic, passionate, tough, and graceful. I admired those things about her, so it's been a joy to watch her battle through injury and progress to a high-level athlete this past year. Alexia is a 71-kilo Olympic weightlifter coached by Zach Lebo of Category 5 Athletics in Tampa, Florida. She has several Florida State championships under her belt and most recently swept bronze at the 2022 American Open Finals. She's a wife, dog mom, and proud of her Cuban family. In this episode, I talk with Alexia and learn about her upbringing as a student athlete and her drive as a fierce competitor. If you're just starting out in Olympic weightlifting, or maybe you're battling back from an injury or a setback, this episode is for you. There's so many things that can be done off the platform to enhance your athletic performance, rehab, nutrition, mental skills. Alexia describes the process of her comeback, and she encourages us to trust the process and believe in yourself. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I believe that the strength and the details come down to the other 22 to 23 hours of the day that you're not training. How do you tackle your whole body health to perform better and optimize your strength? I'm here to bring you some amazing episodes to help you develop your own game plan. So hit the subscribe button, like, and share this episode. You're so appreciated for your support. My hope is that this podcast reaches and helps as many athletes as possible. Now let's jump into this episode with Alexia Gonzalez. Welcome back to another episode of Strength in the Details. I'm really excited to be here with Alexia Gonzalez. Uh, She is an athlete, a weightlifter um, from Category 5 Athletics, and I followed her journey, and I'm really excited to jump into kind of where you started um, as an athlete and how you've gotten to this point. Welcome to the show, Alexia. 
Thank you, Anaja. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, my journey as an athlete started at four years old. My dad got me into gymnastics and it was and will forever be my first love. I loved being a competitor. I loved everything about gymnastics. Um, unfortunately, it took a real wear and tear on my body. Okay. So right before high school, I got into diving. My dad was like, again, the inspiration for me starting that sport. Um, so I got into platform and springboard diving. I knew good body awareness, acrobatics, things like that. So I started diving and got a full scholarship to Florida State for that as a student athlete. And like I said, just been an athlete since that's all I've ever known is to be a competitor, to be an athlete. I love sports. I love being on a team, but I also love being an individual competitor as well. So kind of a little tidbit of my background. <laughs> that's awesome. What, how did that like impact your student experience at FSU? Um, you know, like going from you know, student athlete, where we try to put the student first, and we want to focus on academics and things like that. But like, you seem like you're a competitor, and you're about your sport. And how did you balance? And and kind of what did that? How did that shape your college experience? It really made it for me, honestly. I mean, I fortunately grew up with parents who emphasized being a student before being an athlete, but still like being an athlete was so important to me, but it actually made my college experience so wonderful. I know there's some students where it's hard, it's hard transitioning from home to being on your own, being independent, but I just felt I had such discipline from being, you know, from training for hours and doing homework and high school and even elementary school, like I was on a regime. So yeah. That carried over into college and then having a team and coaches support me throughout that, it is an experience that I'll just treasure forever. And it led me to my husband. It led me to making lifetime friends. Yeah. Um, collegiate diving led me to CrossFit, which led me to weightlifting. So it's just this, it's an awesome storyline. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's awesome. I was going to ask kind of like what got you here and it seems like the journey of like one sport led to CrossFit and CrossFit led to weightlifting. Talk about your, the, the things that have transitioned from, you know, gymnastics to swim and dive and, you know, through CrossFit and ultimately how did you find weightlifting and what, what drew you to this strength sport? Yeah, the stars aligned for me to find weightlifting. So I knew I still wanted to be an athlete after college. Like I did not want society to tell me like, you're done. I want to stop being an athlete on my own terms. And thank goodness that's the case. Cause I feel like I'm the most well-rounded athlete I've ever been in my entire life. Um, after diving my, my, again, my dad, just such an influence in my life was doing CrossFit and he introduced me to it. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. So I joined a CrossFit club in 2018 at Florida state. And they had a barbell club out like that was inside the CrossFit gym. So the CrossFit coach was like, Hey, why don't you do some weightlifting to supplement the CrossFit? I'm like, okay, I'll learn snatch and clean and jerk. Within that same week of me being introduced to the weightlifting coach, I got a phone call from Phil Andrews, the CEO of USA weightlifting. And I was like, hello. <laughs> 
He's like, hey, I'm Phil. I'm the CEO of USAW. Um, we are basically acquiring talent and reaching out to former college athletes and want to introduce you to the sport of weightlifting. They gave me a small stipend to compete in a local competition. I had even borrowed singlet and quickly, like within two weeks, like learned clean and jerk in a snatch and went to Orlando and competed. And, you know, I did both sports for almost a year. And then at the end of 2019, I moved to Tampa, found category five. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm all in with weightlifting CrossFit. You were great to me, but no more cardio. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, Alexia. The cardio okay. <laughs> is a thing that is important, but we'll, I'll let you, I'll let you have a pass. That is amazing that you get a call from Phil Andrews. Number one, like, I think he's a, he's a great guy. And I, I really admired what he did for the sport as far as like mm -hmm the high school talent and the collegiate talent and looking for student athletes and really trying to to like enhance and, and bolster what USAW is all about. I really commend him for that during his time as um, CEO. And I did not know that you literally practiced for two weeks and then went and got, you know, got in a singlet. I think that that just one that kind of goes back to a testament of who you are as a competitor, because it doesn't really matter what sport it is like you've got to be ready to put your best foot forward yeah I mean it was nerve-wracking <laughs> but I just came from you know my background with gymnastics and and diving it's very power-based so I I have this athletic background but I also am very power-based and strength-based um I know how to be really efficient with my movement and you know if you look at like my squat numbers they do not really touch yet the girls in my weight class at the level that I'm at currently, but I'm really good at utilizing the strength I do have. And I think that's what separates me from my other competitors. Um, so I've been able to really find my strengths and lean into them. And it's brought me to where I am today. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, one thing you mentioned, and, and maybe we'll talk about this um, more in depth, but you mentioned that you didn't want to stop being an athlete. Um, because college was over and you kind of wanted to make that decision on your own and, and follow your own journey. And I think that's very powerful to, for women in this sport to hear and women in sports in general, because for many women, it does end at college. I mean, you do have some professional women's sports, but it's very limited. It's very few and far in between. And there isn't much um, you know, financial support or media support behind it. And so I really would love for you to talk about kind of what is your long-term goal? Like if you, when you're done weightlifting, when you're done being an athlete, being a competitive athlete, I think we're athletes for a lifetime, but when you're done competing, what do you want women and girls in sport to know about you? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I think when somebody if they were to look at my journey, I want them to see that I've never been like the most talented person in the room, naturally. I have some natural talent, but I'm definitely not the most talented. But what you will see is that I'm the all-American girl that worked her tail off and that I really am the testimony of trusting the process and believing in myself. That has carried me through injuries, setbacks, when my parents got divorced. I had a heart operation when I was 12 years old. 
that has just been always my default is believe in myself, trust the process. And I would want any little girl to take that confidence with her and know that, hey, if she can do it, then I can do it. So that's what I would want them to bring with them. You know, you talk about your injuries and um, you know, kind of le- leaving that legacy. And it's no secret that you've over- overcome some obstacles since you've been in the sport specifically um, in the past few years. Could you talk about kind of your mindset through the rehab process? Yeah, it's definitely been a process that I've had to learn and there's been ups and downs and I'm still learning it um, and perfecting the comeback journey. I'm going to go back to 2021 AO finals. Um, I had torn my TFCC in my wrist, um, months before finals in 2021 and coming back from that injury, it was a greater and much more significant injury than I initially anticipated. Hmm. And, you know, speaking as like this competitor that likes to bring her a game, you know, I was at AO finals, my first really in-person big national competition and, I was sitting there with imposter syndrome, like, I don't feel like I belong here in this B session. And I was still coming back from this injury. And I remember after that competition, I went two for six, made my first snatch, my last clean and jerk. And I told myself, I never want to feel like that again. And I also don't want my injury to be the reason that I feel like that again. So I told myself, I am going to lean into this and I'm going to conquer this. Um, I became such a student of studying what champions do when they're coming back from injuries. And that's where I started to develop some really cool mental tools. Um, Laura Wilkinson's a former Olympic diver, and she perfected the craft of visualization and she injured herself before the Olympics. So she would get into the diving well and she would visualize herself every day doing her, her dives from the 10 meter platform. And she came back to win the Olympics. I mean, with probably a few weeks of training. So I started doing that. I was like, okay, I'm going to visualize myself. I'm going to see my lifts, feel my lifts, how I celebrate, how I overcome a mislift. I mean, I was visualizing it all. And that is probably one of the biggest tools I've used to come back from injuries and really set me apart as a competitor and going through that process. Hmm. How do you maintain your focus? I mean, with those setbacks, how do you focus on the end goal when there's, you know, you're not just training to get stronger, right? You're training to get back to a baseline and then you know, the journey to get back onto the platform, you know, sometimes that's weeks, months, years. How do you maintain your focus? I really learned the art of just focusing on what I can control. So uh, adding to coming back from the injury of this, of this wrist injury, I was like, okay, I can focus on my nutrition. I need to get that in line. So what did I do? I hired a nutrition coach. Um, I was like, okay, my mobility is not great. I can work on my mobility, hired a mobility coach. Okay. Um, my mindset still not the best. I'm going to read books. I'm going to practice visualization. I am going to practice my lifts, although not physically, mentally, and 
that really got the ball rolling for like a redemption season for 2022. That's awesome. So it seems like, you know, the the message here that I really would like listeners to take away from this is that doing the snatch and the clean and jerk is, you know, a big part of it, but there are so many other tools and other strategies that you can put into place when you can't physically snatch and clean and jerk, you know, like you weren't just sitting on the couch, just, you know, kind of moping, you were putting in the work and doing what you could until you could do more. And I think that's a really important takeaway uh, for listeners that, you know, may be challenged with a setback or, you know, I know like I, I work with some athletes who may be experiencing different seasons of their life, you know, with school or work or jobs. And maybe you can't train five or six days a week, but that doesn't mean that you can't focus in on your mobility, like you said, or nutrition and other things that are going to help you become a better athlete. So I think that's really important. Thank you. Yeah. It, I wish I could like scream this and people would just listen. Like I want to shake them and be like, listen to me. Like, trust me when I say like the gritty, the small, like there's, um, the name of your podcast, like, you know, there's details, um, those small details, they matter. They make a difference. And not doing anything is going to be much more detrimental than just, you know, something small, even daily that you can take away. That effort will add up and make a huge difference in the long run. Yeah. A funny story this past, we were talking about how, you know, terribly we ate over the the holidays and things like that, which, you know, I'm pretty, pretty sure that's everyone. Um, And I, and I, yeah, I talked about like, I was like, I don't know that I remember eating a vegetable in December. Like, I feel like my entire, you know, holiday macro profile were were like pastries and cheese danishes. (laughs) And I was like, I remember eating like broccoli one day. And then the next day I was like, my goodness, my legs and my squats, they feel so much better. Like, I think it was the broccoli that I ate. And so like, you just like, you don't think about how like every little action that we take impacts something else. Well, you didn't sleep last night. Well, of course you're going to feel like crap in training or Mm -hmm. you, you know, you didn't properly hydrate or my favorite, you have all of this stress going on outside of the gym. Like people don't really understand how impactful that is when you get into the gym. Like everything that happens before training, outside of training, outside of the gym impacts what you're doing for that 90 minutes or four hours, however long you, you, you train. <laughs> and girl, you're preaching to the choir here because with talking about stress, you know, I, along with having wrist injuries, I was having these back flare up flare ups and they're really just muscle spasms and there was no rhyme or reason to them. And my coach and I speculation cracked it up to be stress that I was carrying that was manifesting in my body. And so uh, another practice, just being super mindful of the stress that I'm carrying. And so I started leaning into meditation practices. I have not been a great sleeper my entire life, suffered with insomnia. So started drinking tea at night, reading before bed, turning off my phone. And, you know, people are like, oh, those are just things that are just set on the internet. And it's like, well, have you tried them? <laughs> Give right. it a try. So, Give it a try. yeah. So, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. The, the stress will manifest itself. And that is definitely something that can also hold you back from coming back from an injury as well. 
Yeah. And it seems like these things are working for you. Like, you know, you're talking about all of your details that, you know, you've kind of put in place because you had, you know, a pretty awesome 2022 six for six at States at the Florida state championships, six for six at senior national six for six at American open finals. Like that is amazing and likely like unheard of before, how how do you celebrate your wins? How are, how are you celebrating that success? Yeah, that's a great question. So after every competition, I take a moment to reflect. I usually sit down with my coach, Zach, and we go over, okay, what went well? And, you know, what could we do better? It's it's funny, you know, yes, I've been going six for six and it, it's really great and I do celebrate it, but I also don't hang my head on those six for sixes either. Um, it's funny. I, from a technical standpoint, just have so much to work on still. And so the athlete in me is like, okay, I want to celebrate, but I also saw 12 different things wrong with that clean and jerk. So, you know, sometimes even Zach's like, come on, like it's competition, like take it for what it is and we'll keep moving forward. Um, but I celebrate with my family, with my friends, with my teammates. And like I said, I don't really hang my head on, on one win. Um, I have bigger goals and bigger fish to fry. So it's, it's a day by day thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a, it was a joy to watch. I remember, at, I think this was at the Florida state championships this past May, May of 2022. Um, I remember there was probably something on the bar that from what I could hear from Zach screaming is that some, something that you had never even really attempted before. And it was like a third attempt clean and jerk. And the one thing that I really remember, this is the first time that I kind of like really like, like honed in on what was going on. You went out there with so much confidence. Where does that confidence come from? Practice. And it's funny. I remember that lift. That's probably one of my most memorable lifts because right before that lift, Zach didn't give me, um, coach Zach did not give me a technical cue. He actually gave me a mental cue and he said, find your calm. Hmm. And I needed that. And I have held on to that moving forward, competing. I need to find my calm and practicing that has really given me a confidence to just hit that next lift and that next PR. I really am one for one with every single lift that I take, whether it's in training and in competition. Um, I, out of me, I'm worried about the warm-up. I'm worried about the 35 kilos, the 45 kilos, 55. I take it one lift at a time. I'm really not concerned what Zach puts on that platform. What I do know is that from our relationship as a coach and athlete, that whatever number he puts on that bar, he knows that I can lift it. And just knowing that gives me confidence that I can go out there and hit it. He set me up for success. He would never put me out there to see me fail. And I take that everywhere I go. So that is really translated into, into my lifts on a competition platform. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's a great testament to the importance of an athlete and coach relationship also, because I feel like that dynamic where, you know, most people, when they look at a coach or they think about a coach, they think about someone that you know, knows the, the, the programming and, you know, the periodization and, you know, squat cycle and strength cycle. And, and those things are important, but when you get to competition day and, you know, when you experience all of those tough training days in between, 
it's about the relationship. And, you know, that really shines through between you and Zach that, you know, that I've witnessed. And, and I think that that's really important for, for athletes to understand is, is the relationship is more important than the X's and O's sometimes, you know, cause that's going to change and you have to trust that your coach, you know, is not going to fail you and is always going to set you up for success. I, I can't even speak in more like in greater depth about and the importance of a coach athlete relationship. And if you do not feel safe, if you do not feel like you can trust and communicate with your coach, then you are not in the right environment. It is, mm-hmm. it's just so important. Um, I remember before nationals actually, you know, coming off from a six for six me at States, I felt this pressure. Mm-hmm. I had qualified for my first A session and I remember pulling Zach and I sat in his office and I said, I need to talk to you. I said, I have four things I need to go over with you. I have competition anxiety about these four things and I just need to get them off my chest. Mm-hmm. AO finals came around, sat him down <laughs> his office again. I said, listen, I'm having P- PTSD from my last AO finals. I had mm-hmm. injured my wrist again between nationals and finals. I'm like, I feel like I'm experiencing deja vu. And me having those conversations, I think were game changers. It allowed me to get the anxiety off my chest, allowed my coach to know what I'm internalizing. And then it allowed him to set me up for success by helping cue me, whether it was technically a mental cue, a belief cue, and that just continued to carry on into the finals, which, you know, led to my best performance to date. It's just so important. It is. And it's important for those tough training days, right? Because not every, no, most people won't even get to see, I mean, outside of your team, they won't get to see the, the, the weeks leading up to a big competition. So we see the six for six performance, but there were tough training days. There were tough days that you had to get through. How do you handle those tough training days? And, and what is your mindset? Yeah, it's interesting, Anaja, and I think it's more of like a mindset is, you know, I don't really walk in or out of a session saying, you know, that was tough. Um, I really go into it, you know, as what did I learn about myself from that from that day? Um, It's really I training for me is my outlet. It's my safe space. It's my happy place. And you know, I like tough. I want to be challenged. And I recently wrote an Instagram post about this. Like that's where the magic happens. That's where you're breaking physical barriers and mental barriers and you're building grit and tenacity and consistency. Like I like the, I just, I like it. So, you know, it just, it's a perspective for me. It's something that probably evolved since I was four years old in gymnastics being crushed. (laughs) Um, but I just learned to love it. So I, I don't know if that would do any help to anyone except to really, you know, in those moments where they're saying a session is tough, mm-hmm. maybe change your perspective. Like, okay, it might be tough, but I also am learning something about myself today. I am also going to see how I can succeed under fatigue, um, how I can perform feeling stressed and really put a positive spin on it. I think that's so important because we see it. We see the athlete that comes in and, you know, they're tired or they're stressed or they're having a a tough training cycle or tough training day. um, And they let that get into their head and dictate what happens next. And, you know, sometimes it's about making the lift 
or not making the lift and just deciding that you're going to take something positive away from a make or a miss. And I think we can learn from both, like you said. And so I think that's really important. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a practice, you know, your, your mental game, it's, it's like a muscle. It has to be worked on. And, you know, you, if you find yourself, and this is what I would do, especially when I was injured and I mean, it was humble pie. I mean, when you see your teammates hitting PRs, getting ready for a competition and you're sitting there doing your wrist rehab, it's, <laughs> it's like, this is a tough day, you know, in air quotes, a tough day at the gym mentally just being here. But it's also a moment to learn, like I said, to learn something about yourself. And also it allowed Lexi, the competitor, to learn how to be Lexi, the teammate. Mm-hmm. I've always been such an individual athlete and weightlifting is too, but you know, Zach has really created this culture at Cat5 where like we celebrate each other's wins. We're in the trenches together during those, you know, those training sessions that are more difficult. So it allowed me to really step up and be a better teammate to my friends as well. So important. And, And I love that you talked about the culture because I feel like generally in weightlifting, especially in the state of Florida, the culture of weightlifting is very much a community. And, you know, I, in our gym, you know, at Only Concepts, you see the same thing. Like people are, you know, sell, I could be having a crappy day and yeah, I might be a little bummed about it, but you still see that, that those people like cheering each other on and they're like wanting you to have success. And, you know, my team it's, there's nothing like it. I don't get to train with the team as, as often or as frequent as I would like, but when I do, like, there's nothing like that. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing, you know, the, the culture and the importance of team and, and being a good teammate. Cause I think that's important, especially for individual sports where, you know, you go out there and it's just you, it's you and the barbell. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting with weightlifting, you know, and I will tell you, Anasha, as my success with weightlifting has started to rise, you know, I've definitely even felt some friends or teammates, you know, even pull away from me a little bit, but, you know, in those moments, I try to put myself in their shoes as well. And, you know, understand like watching someone else succeed can be hard. I mean, it's even a hard pill for me to swallow sometimes, but, you know, at the end of the day, like their success does not deter my success. And that's just something that like, I always remind myself, I trained with Olympic athletes at Florida state, um, in gymnastics, high level gymnasts that were better than me. So now, you know, when I do see people come in the gym who are better than me, having a better day than me, it's like, Oh, I'm going to lean into that because they're going to elevate my game in the long run. So it's been a, it's been a journey, but I, uh, I, I love the culture at cat five and it's, um, it's really helped groom me to who I am as an athlete today. In strength sports, we often, and, and I don't know that this is really true for weightlifting as much anymore. Um, but we generally associate strength sports or strength training with being very masculine or male dominant. And I, I admire, you know, I told you in the beginning that I kind of fangirled a little bit, but I, and you didn't want me to say that. And I said it anyway, but I think that you have such strength and grit yet this feminine, graceful energy, like how do you balance that? Like, I think that is such an inspiration. Thank you, Naja. Um, 
I'm blushing over here, by the way. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's like the former gymnast with like, you know what it is. My dad always taught me this. Whenever you go out and compete, he's like, you're putting on a show, you're performing. And so I always have just taken this mindset of like, you know, look pretty, lift pretty. Like I am putting, I'm going out there on that stage. I'm putting on a show for people to watch me. I'm a, not only a competitor, but I'm a performer and I want to look freaking good doing it. So, and that, you know, gives me confidence in itself. Um, I think with, you know, strength sports, it's like girls living in a, in a man's world, you know, it, it can feel like that. Um, and I've always told myself, like, there doesn't have to be feminine and masculine don't have to be two different worlds. What, like, why can't you have both? Mm -hmm. I can be strong and sweaty and dirty, but then I can also be graceful and sexy and beautiful. And those worlds can come together. They do not have to live on their own on two separate islands. So I really lean into embracing both masculine and feminine energy and and that being part of my routine and my day to day. Yeah. You do it well. You do it well. And and like to, to your point, there's there's something, maybe this is just my athletic identity. You know, when I squat heavy or I just finished a really heavy training session, there's like there's nothing you can tell me. Like I feel in that moment strong, sexy, confident. Like I can conquer the world because I just, you know, lifted that or, you know, finished those squats or whatever the case is. And, and I really think that you can do both and, and we should do both. What advice do you have for younger beginner female athletes who maybe they haven't experienced that and they're, they're looking up to you in the sport for that inspiration? Yeah, I think that's really why I'm so vocal and why I'm such a proponent of you know, women empowerment in strength sports. I was the girl in, you know, first and second grade that had the thunder thighs. Um, I weighed more than all my friends because of my muscle mass. And, you know, I was <laughs> jacked for a 10 year old, <laughs> but I felt so uncomfortable and just not confident in my skin. And I hated that. And so I'm coaching an eight year old girl right now in weightlifting. And she honestly inspires me. It's funny because I'm trying to inspire her and she's just so carefree. She's like, I just want to be strong and she just wants to have fun. And I want to carry that on. I want to, I want girls when they little girls, when they look at me to be like, you know, she's got big legs. She's got strong arms. She's strong mm -hmm. and not let them have them think like that's masculine or that's feminine. No, it's just, you're just strong. You're just yeah. athletic. Like, period. You There's lit up so much. Complicated. <laughs> you lit up so much when you said that. I can tell that that's something that's very important to you. Um, so you're coaching. Yes, I very, not much, you know, um, Khaleesi is my athlete and I've been working with her. Zach and I work with her together. Um, she kind of just gravitated towards, you know, towards me and I gravitated towards her. So, um, I coach her once a week and, you know, it's funny because she helps me keep weightlifting in perspective. Mm -hmm. I think when you get to this level of really trying to cross from weightlifting being a hobby to now being, um, you know, 
even a career and, and there's a lot more on the line, like she makes it fun. It's mm-hmm. just so cool to be around that innocent energy. And it's something that I really like to lean into and um, be a part of with her. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to ask is, you know, how has, how has coaching impacted your athletic performance? Um, I know when I became a coach, I actually became a better athlete um, because I found the things that I was sharing with my athletes. I was like, hmm, I think I'm going to apply that same, you know, concept. So, you know, I, I think that coaching, you know, can positively impact your athletic performance. It Absolutely. It's so funny too, because Khaleesi was with Zach and she said a cue that to Zach that I taught her. And then Zach went and looked at her and he said, who do you think taught her that cue? And it's just so funny, like how much I'm regurgitating of what Zach told me that now I'm telling, you know, my athlete. So it's, um, it's very impactful, you know, to, you know, to my performance, to me evolving. Like I said, I have, I feel like I have so much room to grow in the technical sport of weightlifting. So it's nice to, um, you know, when you're teaching it, it's, it's in just another way of you being able to learn the technique yourself. Yeah, I agree. If you can teach it, you can do it better. Yes. Alexia, you just recently got married. Um, so you're going to move from Gonzalez to Swire at some point, ladies, it takes a long time to do these things. It's, it's, it's a process. So you're going to, you're going to, you're becoming Swire. Um, and you also made a decision, a pretty big decision to become a full-time athlete and really chase your dreams. What went into that decision and why now at this time? Yeah, I made that decision with, with, you know, with my coach Zach and with my husband Hayden, um, a lot went into that decision. One, my recent success, you know, has put me in a good spot now where, um, working, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week plus training, you know, 25 plus hours at some point, my body is just not going to be able to give me what I'm asking of it. And there's just not enough hours in the day for me to be able to recover optimally. And I'm at this point in my weightlifting career where I'm right there. Like I can see it. I can smell it. Like qualifying for a team USA, it's at my fingertips literally. And so I got to push now. And my husband and I just felt from like a financial standpoint that we could take some risk right now. And I feel so incredibly blessed to be able to have the opportunity to, you know, now be a part-time worker and a full-time athlete and to see where this goes. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and I, that's a big decision. And I know that you're very vocal about your faith and about, you know, being a Christ follower. How does that make you unique as an athlete? How does that set you apart? And, and how does that play into kind of how you attack this sport and how you pursue this sport? Yeah, it's funny. I find weightlifting, to be my way of worshiping God, you know, that is my, it's a God-given talent that I have to be able to lift these kinds of weights. Mm -hmm. And so I want to show the world like what God has given me. Um, But it also keeps me really, it keeps my perspective in line. My worth will never ride or die on a number. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so much more than that. And I, I tell myself, you know, if, I couldn't lift a weight tomorrow. 
I still have my, my faith. I still have my family. I'm one of four girls. Um, so I have my sisters, I have my husband, I have my dog. Like it just keeps me in check. And that does not take away from me being super serious about weightlifting and having big goals, but it does keep me in line to know that my worth and value will not die on the hill of weightlifting. It never will. And there's a lot of freedom in that. We do need a moral compass. And I am a Christ follower. I believe in God and, and you know, I have a very strong faith um, and I'm, you know, very spiritual and things like that. And I do b- believe that it guides me and it creates an alignment and it creates boundaries for me. Like it, it really gives me guidance and structure when I'm like, I don't know which direction I should go, or I don't know what decision I should, should make. And, and I feel like that gives me, you know, something to align to, to kind of give me the structure that I need. And I think that that's really important for athletes to, to have that, you know, moral compass. And so I appreciate that about you. I appreciate you. And I love that. Like it does help us create boundaries and just, you know, like I said, keep our perspective in line. It's funny, like my, you know, most athletes have a routine or a ritual and, you know, Zach would even tell you, he knows my ritual, my ritual before every plot, before I step on a competition platform is I'm FaceTiming my mom and we're praying <laughs> before I go out there. And it just brings me a lot of comfort. And it also allows me to know that, you know, it takes pressure off. It really does. Like no matter what happens on that platform, like I'm still Alexia Gonzalez slash Alexia Swire. And <laughs> God loves me no matter what happens out there. So there's a lot of comfort around that. I I really agree with that. Alexia, I really enjoyed our time together. Um, and I really appreciate that this conversation was just like two girlfriends talking. Like, I, I really feel like I got to know you. And I hope that the listeners were able to um, really pick up on some of those details that you talked about, like the nuances between like, you know, I'm injured, but there's still things that I can do. I'm on my way back, but I'm, you know, not there yet. And there are things that you can do and perspectives that you can take that make us a stronger athlete. And it's not about more weight on the bar. You know, it's not about adding kilos to our snatch or clean and jerk. It's all of these other things that I really feel like you articulated well. And so I'm, I'm excited to share this episode with others. And I hope that they have some good takeaways as well. Thank you, Anaja. Yeah, it's, It's been a pleasure and I really look up to you and the content that you're putting out there. Um, It's really hard to cipher through the information overload. So just thank you for being a voice and advocate for us. And I, um, I just appreciate your love and support. It means the world to me. Thank you. I have one final question for you. You did not get this one. So this is kind of my, um, well, you've listened to some episodes before, so you might know what's coming, but after out of everything that you've said, you know, this, this podcast is about finding strength in the details. So what is that one detail that makes you strong? I'm going to say my resiliency and my mental game. So having, you know, for anyone listening, just really, um, critiquing and really leaning into your mental game and, what the belief of yourself, where that can take you. Awesome. Well said, well said. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? 
I'm super active on mostly Instagram and TikTok. So I am Strong 21 on Instagram and Strong on TikTok. So, and eventually you will see Alexia Swire on all of my posts. Uh, but for right now, I'm hanging on to my maiden name, Gonzalez. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, I will make sure that I tag those in the show notes so that people can connect you, connect with you and follow your journey because I suspect that we're going to see some really big things and I cannot wait to see um, where this, this journey takes you in 2023 and beyond. Thank you, Anaja. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Before you sign off, if this episode was helpful for you, I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review, and then share with your other strong friends. If you're looking for more podcast episodes or content on fitness, nutrition, sport performance, or if you just want to connect with me for coaching, you can head on over to my website, optimizestrength.co. Or follow me on Instagram at Anajanusam, PhD. I'd love to hear from this community. If there are topics you want to hear about or guests you'd like to hear from, drop me a note. Until next time, may your squats be strong and your lifts be big. Here's to going beyond the reps and getting to the strength in the details.